So if you were with us last week, we began a series on the 23rd Psalm, and this is a psalm written by King David, a man who had incredible highs and, and very tragic lows in one season of his life. He was living in the palace, uh, eating some of the best foods, probably had servants with those giant feathered fans waving on both sides. Um, all of his wives gathered up, feeding him grapes without him touching it. Um, just living, living the life. One wife is good enough, fellas, okay? So don't take your cues on that. That actually led to some of his downfall. Um, so he spent portions of his life living that way and portions of his life uh, with his, his life on the line, living on the run, living in caves, surrounded by a bunch of his merry men uh, who probably didn't smell awesome, uh, probably burped and farted and did all the things that men do in caves, right? So uh, we're a minute in and we've already used farts. This is going to be a good Sunday. Uh, so this, these are the ebbs and flows of David's life. And David writes about the Lord being our shepherd. Uh, and David has a unique experience in his life because he started, uh, started out very young in tending the flocks of, of his family, and he has experience like this. And so um, I want us to, to begin today in a way that we started last week, and I want us to, to read Psalm 23 together. Okay, and so you'll you'll find this up on the screens. I'll I'll try my best to go slow. You killed it last week. The Lord is my shepherd; I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Nailed it. Good job, guys. Okay, so last week we focused on the first portion of that in how the Lord is our shepherd. And when we make him our shepherd, he supplies us uh, with all the needs that we have, with all of, of the wants that we have. And it's when we, we look to other things, when we make other things our shepherd, uh, that that creates more needs, that that creates more wants for us. In many, in many cases, it's wants that cannot be fulfilled. It's, it's promises that are broken. It's things that, that cannot fill us the way that we were meant to be filled. And so um, you can hit that up on YouTube. It's available if you want to revisit that. But today, we're going to talk about the second verse in this passage, and, and that is where the psalm says, He makes me lie down in green pastures, and He leads me beside still waters. And what I want you to think about what is the first thing that comes to mind when you think of making someone lie down? Parents, your kids, right? Getting your kids to lie down, right? One of the uh, one of the saddest days in the life of the parent is whenever that toddler gives up that afternoon nap. Okay, because that, that one hour, that two hour block of time that once belonged to you no longer belongs to you. Okay? And so whether and when you reach that point too, and, and especially this little one over here, um, she has this look in her face, especially on mornings where I'm home for the day, uh, where she looks at me and says, I own you for the next 14 hours. 
you belong to me. And, and I, can, I can just feel that. It, it's, it's beautiful and, and exhausting at the same time. But sometimes, mom, dad, we, we need them to lie down, and we have to make them lie down. And sometimes it requires threats, and sometimes it doesn't. And so uh, the Lord is merciful either way. But um, there, there's an author named Philip Keller who's parents were missionaries, and so he and his family lived all over the world in different parts. And in his later life, in his later years, he actually purchased a flock of sheep, and he became a shepherd. He became a, a, what we would call a modern-day shepherd. And he's a Christian, and so he, he wrote extensively on the imagery and the metaphor that we find in the Bible, whether that be John 10, whether that be Psalm 23. And he weighs in on a lot of things that would just be sort of over our heads because that's really not the world that we live in. And, and he says that in order, there are four main conditions. And talking about sheep lying down in green pastures, he says there's four conditions that need to be met in order for sheep to lie down. They refuse to lie down unless they are free of fear, free of friction from their own kind, uh, free from pests like bugs and ticks and gnats and that sort of thing, and then free of hunger. Okay, So it was the shepherd's job to, to keep those, to keep them well-fed, to keep them protected, to make, make sure that they were well taken care of. And so you, you can leave this list up. I want us to just sort of walk through each one real quick. Okay, being free of fear. All right, a sheep has a lot of natural predators, whether that be whether that be wild dogs, whether that be coyotes, whether that be cougars, whether that be wolves, um, even even rustlers who sought to steal sheep from from their owners. Um, Keller wrote once that there were, he went through a season where he had to sleep in the fields with his sheep because there was this band of rustlers that were going around stealing sheep. And so he basically set up a tent, uh, set up a bedroll, and had his 308 next to him ready to pounce at any moment's notice. And so uh, not only did this sort of scare off any potential or thieves because reputation of him doing this sort of spread through town, um, but it also gave this sense of peace to the sheep. Uh, the sheep were able to lay down because they were in the presence of their shepherd who had their backs. And, and if you think about it, sheep aren't, aren't an animal that really have a great self-defense, like they're not going to really, really kick or fight. They're going to bleat and just run around, okay? And that's how some of us are at times, right? So, so fear, okay, fear is a factor in that. Um, they need to be free of fear. They also need to be free of friction, just like you and I. Uh, the longer we're around each other, we either have the potential to bond or to have friction, right? And sometimes those go together. Um, maybe 30 minutes together is perfect for bonding, uh, but then after that you get into the friction zone, right? And so you need to know what boundaries you need to set with different people. Well, in the sheep world, this is true too, there's sort of this natural pecking order where there's alphas out in the field, and if they want to lay on a piece of grass, if they want to feed on a section of field, they are going to bully each other. They're going to headbutt each other. They're going to create uh, friction with one another, and they, they sort of just create this tension. And we know whenever there's tension in the room, whenever there's people at odds, it's hard for us to rest, isn't it? Like when that tension's there, it's hard for us to be at rest. It's sort of like being at Thanksgiving, and you're not sure if Uncle Jack is going to be drinking, and you have no idea what he's going to say. 
Like you don't know if he's going to say something racist or sexist or politically charged that's going to start a fight. And so that just kind of has everybody on edge. You just don't know what's going to happen. And so um, to, to lie down, to be at rest, to have peace, they need to be f- free of fear, free of this friction and tension. And, and it's hard for them to lie down if they're not free of pests. Right? There's so many just little, little bugs and little gnats and, and flies and ticks that, that irritate sheep. And for you and I, we can go outside during the summer months and we can, we can wave our hands, we can put on bug spray, we can go inside. Uh, I don't know have, if any of you have ever been on a run and you're like gulping for air and you swallow a fly. The run is over after that, right? Just shutting that thing down. So we at least have some control over that. Um, sheep can be driven crazy. They can be driven crazy because they can only do so much. They can ram their head into a tree, rub their face on rocks, run into brush, run into water. Uh, They can drive themselves mad uh, with these pests that can bother them. And so it is the job of the shepherd to apply uh, different ointments and oils to that sheep so it won't drive them crazy. And so um, all of this, all of this special care, okay, all of this special care comes from the shepherd, and we're going to talk about hunger sort of in, in the next part. But, but with, with fear, with friction, with tension, and with these pests, it is the presence of the shepherd that changes all of those things. And, and for you and I, this is true as well. Like when, when we look at some of these factors, um, it's hard for us to lie down. Like we might collapse into our beds at night due to exhaustion, but... It's hard for us to find peace in a lot of places in our lives. There's, there's a lot of uh, fears that we have. Uh, fear um, has a way of, of just triggering a lot of unrest in us. And we, we worry about this. We worry about that. We, we often think of the worst case scenarios in different situations. Like, what's the worst something could possibly go? And that's what we think on. Even when something good happens to us, I don't know if you've ever done this. I do it all the time. If something good happens to me, I'm thinking about how I really shouldn't celebrate all that much because something else is about to happen, right? Uh, so if you, let's say you get, you get a raise, you get a promotion, um, and you're excited for a minute, but then you think, well, the market's inflated, everything costs more, so all that's wiped out. Like It's just sort of that kind of thinking that you're always, you're always fearful, and it's hard for us to be at peace because we're fearful. It's hard for us to be at peace because there's, there's friction that we have with people, whether that's a Christian, whether that's a non-Christian, a co-worker, family, even, even good relationships, people that we love. Sometimes there's friction there, and there is this, there's this peace that we really desire that we, we want to be there. Okay, And even pests for you and I. Like, and not necessarily talking about bugs, although bugs can, can bug us, but there's just little things in life that bother us. They're not really anybody's fault. It's just sort of part of being alive. Um, so when we, when we moved here, we bought a house. It's, it's about 35 years old, and so there's some things in it that are about 35 years old. And I had a leaky toilet just this last week, okay? Needed to go to Lowe's, buy a $5 kit, bolt kit, to, to switch those out. Um, about a 20-minute fix, it should be, right? Three days later, uh, I am, uh, across these three days, I am squeezing in between this wall and this commode um, because right, I'm a huge guy, right? So I can barely fit into this space, and that's not the place you want to be putting your head anyways, right? And so I'm back there trying to, to take these rusty nuts off of this rusted bolt, and, and 
if you've done this, you know, you can't get any traction. You spin the nut, the bolt spins with it. Just a frustrating experience, right? And so it's taken me forever to try to different things, how to do this. And I reached this point where um, the, the seat and the lid are down on the toilet. And I've tried the best that I could. And I lay my face on the seat. And I said, Lord, why does this have to be so hard? Like, and I'm not, listen, I'm not, I, I can do a few things. I can be handy when I want to be. Um, you're not asking me to remodel your kitchen or anything like that. But I'm just like, why, why do things have to be so difficult? And, and these are some of the pests in our lives that really irritate us. Things break. People get sick. Um, things sometimes cost more than, than you thought that they would. And it's just, it's just irritating at times. But, but there's, there's a lot of things. In all of these cases, whether that be fear, whether that be friction, whether that be the little irritations that we have, all of those things in, in the presence of a shepherd, in the presence of, of our master, he brings this sense of peace to us. Like he sort of minimizes it. He doesn't necessarily make them go away as much as they are minimized in the presence of our shepherd. David writes in another psalm, in Psalm 4.8, he says, In peace I will both lie down and sleep. For you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. And, and as I read that this week, in some of these things that irritate us and irritate the sheep, I think, you know, isn't that what we're all really after in life? It's peace. Like if you think about it, everything that we do is so that we might have peace. Now, we might, we might, it might be a sort of peace that is, is misaimed, okay? It might be a sort of peace that is not the real peace that we're looking for. But think about it. Um, you, you work. You work hard. You work your job so that you can put a roof over your head, over your family's head, so that you can have food. And if you have food, if you have a roof over your head, you can be at peace. Um, the relationships, we want to have good relationships in our lives, and so we want to invest time in those. We want to have conversations. We have those so that we can have peace. And some relationships, some people, we avoid because we want to have peace. Uh, if, you, if you have investments, right? If you have diversified investments, it brings you peace waking up each morning, checking those, making sure nothing's disappeared, right? People plan for peace. Those who have OCD have routines, right? And, and things that they do, things that they walk through because it gives them peace. Even the hoarder and the doomsday prepper hoard and prep so that they will have peace, right? So many things that we do is so that we could have peace. And the scriptures tell us that he makes us lie down, that he gives us peace. It is in his presence that we find this peace. Proverbs 16, 7 says that when a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. So a man's way, a woman's way, is, is the way of the shepherd. Right? Jesus says, I am the way. Right? And it's his peace that is above all others. Isaiah 9 says that he is the prince of peace. That all other forms of peace are inferior. They all, they all bound down to the kind of peace that Jesus has to offer us. And uh, the, the Hebrew word for that kind of peace, the sort of peace that God has for us that only he can give is a word called shalom. You've probably heard that before. That is the kind of peace that only God can give to us. Okay, 
So, so let's move to the second part of, of this passage in Psalm 23. It says that he not only makes us lie down in green pastures, but that he leads me beside still waters. This past Wednesday, we celebrated our, our Ash Wednesday service. And we talked about the account where Moses and God's people were led out of Egypt. We talked about uh, some of the, the plagues, right? We know the plagues, how uh, God used these plagues to tell the Egyptians, like, hey, get them out of here. We don't want them here anymore. Look at what's happening. God parts the, the Red Sea. The Israelites walk through it. And so now God's people are on this journey headed towards the promised land. And in Exodus 13, 21, this is the way that the Lord guides them along the way. It says, And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of a cloud to lead them the way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light to go by day and night. So God leads them with cloud and with fire. Right? How helpful is this? Right? How many of us would honestly love this? To say, God, what do you want me to do today? We walk out of our tent. We walk out of our house. Oh, you want me to follow the cloud? Easy. Okay, you want me to follow the pillar of fire in the sky? Which I'm not sure which one is more terrifying. To see this tornado during the daytime or this pillar of fire during the night. Like this is, this is God leading them in the way that they should go. This is God being their shepherd. Okay? But not only does he lead them, but he provides for them as well. On one occasion, they are thirsty. And so God has water pour from a rock that would water all of them, that would get all of them water. Now, historians sort of estimate that of all the people that traveled that made this journey, it was probably close to about a million people, right? That's a lot of people, a lot of people making that trip. And, and I just started thinking, okay, what if, what if they all got enough water that was like a water bottle? Right? And I was just thinking about, okay, water bottle packs come. Some, some of them come in about a pack of 24. Maybe that's $5 a piece. And so I crunched the numbers. Okay? And so it would take, if in a pack of, for a 24-pack, it would take about 41,000 okay, bundles of water, right? 24 packs of water. And at cost, that would be about $208,000 right, to water all of these people. Right? Just I don't know why I did that. I just did. Okay, so... God, God gives them this water, but in Exodus 16, they, they begin to complain. Okay, they're, they're complaining most of the way, but they complain about how back in Egypt, they at least got some meat. They had some potted meat that they could cook. I don't think they're talking about Spam or Vienna sausage meat, but it was meat that they cooked fresh, right? But at least we had meat, and so the Lord provides for them again. In Exodus 16, 13, it says that that evening, vast numbers of quail flew in, and covered the camp. God dropped this quail down. And the next morning, the area around the camp was wet with dew. When the dew evaporated, a flaky substance as fine as frost. That's a good pickup line right there, isn't it? Girl, you as fine as frost. <laughs> when the dew evaporated, a flaky substance as fine as frost blanketed the ground. And so this flaky substance is known as, what is it? As manna, right? And, and God told them to take only what they needed for that day. And so God is providing for them daily. So let's, let's take that and let's go back to the sheep for a minute. Um, he leads me beside still waters. When we think of, of sheep drinking, um, you know, the sheep can actually go 
for a month or even two months without ever drinking from a river or from a stream, from, from deep waters. And it's not because they have a, a unique uh, storage system like a camel would, um, but it's because that whenever the shepherd wakes them up in the morning and they begin to feed on the green pastures, they are hydrated by the dew on the grass. They are hydrated by what God gives them fresh every single day, that God provides for them each morning. Lamentations 3 says that his mercies are new every single morning. And so what, what this is, is this, uh, this is a beautiful picture of God's daily provision, uh, both for the Israelites as they travel, right? The, the fresh dew on the ground turns into manna. And it's also a, a great picture of the way that he, he nourishes us each and every day and the sheep. And so for, for you and I, there might be long seasons of life. There might be large gaps where we are drinking deeply from the waters that the Lord has for us. Like, just like King David. David's life was full of highs, full of lows, uh, in, in, incredibly felt God's blessing and favor in certain moments, but then also needed God to sustain him during other seasons. Uh, you and I may have lives that ebb and flow that way, but, but in the in-between, right, God gives us daily what we need. He gives us uh, that sustenance leads us to those green pastures, leads us to those still waters, uh, but along the way uh, feeds us and hydrates us and nourishes us uh, with that daily dew on the grass. And, and the best news that we can have today, like as we read this passage, is that you'll notice in, in Psalm 23 that pastures and waters, it, it's plural, it's not singular. Right? So there are multiple pastures, there's multiple waters that he is leading us to. Uh, God does not give you uh, an envelope with a couple hundred dollars and a bus ticket and says, all right, um, I've got you this far, you're on your own, make something of your life. But no, through, throughout the course of your life, he's leading you to these pastures, to these waters. And so uh, for, for the young people, it is, not, it is not something that God is leading you up into the point of college and saying, hey, you're on your own. I mean, woke liberals in these universities, I want nothing to do with it. Like, no, he's, he's leading you through that. He's leading you through two green pastures, two still waters throughout your college years, okay? When it comes time to choose a significant other, when it comes time uh, to choose a career, raise a family, all of those things. And so whatever stage of life that you are in, whether, whether you're parenting little ones, parenting teens, whether you are in retirement age right now, um, the grass is never brown. He is always leading you into green pastures. He is always has, always has a place where he wants you to be and to nourish you and to bring you good and fresh things. And he does that um, when you make him your good shepherd, when you identify him as your shepherd. And so it brings us back to the question that we had last week. Is he your shepherd? Do you see him as the leader of your life? He can give you peace when there is none. He can give you joy when you lack joy. And he, he can give you meaning and purpose when you feel like that's something that's very cloudy and unclear for you. And so, and this happens when, when we see Jesus for who he is. Uh, know that he died for our sins. That when we say, when we say yes to him as shepherd, when we say yes, that you are the way, that he is the king of our heart, that he is the leader of our lives. And so what I want to do for us is, um, is I'm going to pray. And during our time of invitation, um, that is, that's always a great time uh, for you and for me uh, to just bear our soul before the Lord. And, and if there's areas in your life that you feel like 
um, you're not listening to the voice of Jesus and um, you feel like he's not necessarily leading you to the green pastures that you want or he's not leading you to the still waters that you want, that, this is a great time um, in this service to, uh, for you to pray about that. Um, I'll be over here if you want me to pray for you. I can. Um, I'll cut my mic off so that everybody in here and on the live stream doesn't necessarily hear that. Um, and also, if you've, never, if you've never given your life to Christ, if you've never uh, said that, yeah, Jesus, you are my Savior and my Lord, uh, this is a great time to do that as well and begin this journey uh, for him to lead you as the good shepherd that he is. And so let me pray for us. Jesus, we, we humble ourselves this morning. We, we thank you for the green pastures that are around us without us even knowing for, for the still waters that we are, are sometimes too busy to see or to notice. Lord, we give thanks uh, for the ways that you provide, the ways that we can see, and the ways that sometimes we're just completely blind to. And um, may we seek you when we long for peace. Change us from the inside out to follow you wherever you may lead us. We ask this in Jesus' holy name. Amen.